You're gonna put your headphones on? We can't do this if you don't have your headphones in. In? On. Them in. I'm Dustin Harder, and this is Keep On Cooking. Hello there and welcome to Keep On Cooking, the podcast dedicated to plant-based cookbooks and the authors who wrote those cookbooks. I'm your host, Dustin Harder, and he's a choo-choo Charlie and a class act. I'm here with my husband and producer of the podcast, Mr. Rossetti. How you doing, Rosie? I'm good. What was that? <laughs> Do you know what that's from? Can you name what that's from? No. Uh, the skit. I'm a choo-choo Charlie and oh. a... Is it like Class an SNL? act. Yeah, but can you name what SNL no. skit it is? No, I don't. Uh, it's from the Molly... Sh- it's a Molly Shannon okay, skit. Okay, all right. Is that helpful now at all? it's coming back, but I don't remember it's her name. It's the I'm 50 oh, skit. Okay. It's all a right. little ditty she does in that moment. Because I was like, who's Charlie? Charlie? My name's Charlie David. Mm-hmm. Mm. She's talking about her dead or ex-husband, I think. Anyway, how you doing? I'm good. How good. are you? I'm, I'm great. Rolling along. We had yeah. some awesome stuff for dinner tonight. Oh, my I, gosh. I made a pie. We had just had pie. some pie. We did not have pie for dinner. I mean, I would have, though. We would have. I but... wouldn't have had an issue with having pie for dinner. It's like fruit. But before we had pie, we, we had, had ravioli. Bacon rogota ravioli. Rigota. Rigota. Uh, the Handmade. bacon. Handmade. Handmade, honey. I made us some pasta from scratch. You were off doing a little workshop, doing a theater workshop, teaching the kids some dance moves. Mm-hmm. Um, all socially distanced and masked up. Yes. And vaccinated. They were fancy and they had like those like face shields. Oh, so oh. For like the singing part of the audition, they like took off the mask but had the face shield. Wow. It was like they had like a, they had figured out like a way to do it. Yeah. Like they kept the mask on until they like got up on the stage. I That's was very amazing. impressed. I love that. Good. Yeah. That makes so, me feel better too. Yep. Uh, well, when you were out, I was making pasta from scratch and mm-hmm. I made the filling, which was a tofu ricotta cheese with a. Uh, um, Bacon from uh, the Beehive. The Beehive, yep. Oh, uh, so good. And y'all, they're pepperonis. Yeah, pepperoni. Zavoon. And I'm a little bit of like a pepperoni snob from my a little, old you meat days. You are a pepperoni snob, and period. And freaking delicious. It might be what stopped you from going vegan for like a whole year. You were like, I still want pepperoni pizza. And I was like, I True. promise you we're going to make it happen. It's going to yeah. be okay. And Sorry. now the Beehive has come into play. Delicious. Um, I won't go back. Why are you sorry? Everyone't on their own journey. I know, but don't like, apologize. Just don't want those like judge Judys out there. Yeah, like, listen, oh. don't apologize to those judgy Judys. Vegan police, you know who they are. Your uh, opinion is neither required nor desired. Okay. Oh so name that movie. That's oh name that movie. Neither required nor desired. Um, anybody DM us and name that movie. Yeah. Uh, so yes, we had a delicious ravioli and then we had all this stuff going, you know, the fridge was full of stuff. So tonight I made so us full. a summer berry pie and I also made us a stir fry for the week. So we got meal prep and mm. then on our flat top grill outside, I made us some grilled cauliflower and broccoli in a lemon and caper sauce. I mean, y'all, we're, we are overflowing. We we're could, good. We could start we a restaurant. abundant with the food. I mean, that ravioli needs to be on a menu somewhere. Oh, okay. Delicious. Anyway, let's get into our guest this week. It is Janae Claiborne Ooh. of Sweet Potato Soul. We're going to talk about the book Sweet Potato Soul, 100 Easy Vegan Recipes for the Southern Flavors of Smoke, Sugar, Spice, and Soul. A cookbook, y'all. And uh, David, you got the book in your hands? Do a little flip through. Book flip. 
Blip, blip, dun, All dun, right, we dun. got a no-bake, well, uh, Ooh. speaking of sweet potato gingerbread bars. David. That I'm, sounds delicious. I'm going to dog-ear that yeah, page right now. Yeah, let's dog-ear that I do right now because that, that sounds, sounds really good. I like both it's of those It's so things. funny. I've had this book now for probably three years, and I've flipped, I have flipped through this book a lot because uh, Janae's great. She makes great recipes, and... Um, it's I've not seen that bar in here before. And even after I've done this interview with her and that bar didn't come up. So it's amazing. Y'all cookbooks just keep coming back to them again and again. You always find something new. There's so many recipes, you know? All right. We got a um, veggie mineral. Oh stock. yeah. She's good. Making some veggie stock from scratch. I love it. Oh, she's, Ooh. we got like three, uh, we got a, a coconut corn chowder. Uh, I would like, all of that. It looks amazing. The sweet potato parsnip bisque. Nice. That nice, delicious. Nice, nice. Ooh. Fluffy sweet potato biscuits. I love that. Yes, please. That's amazing. Give us one more. And one more, one more. See if you can find like a main. Ooh. Oh, that's cornbread cool. dressing. That yeah, we really talk about, pretty. listen, we talk about the dressing in the sure. interview and we talk about the, um, what was the one you just said before that? The biscuits, I think. Yeah, well, we talk about sweet because there's sweet potato biscuits. Hello. Sweet potato we talk about how obviously sweet potato soul, she's got to do sweet potato stuff in here, but she uses sweet potatoes in really cool ways. It's fun to see. That's really uh, cool. Yeah, she's great. Janae Claiborne is a vegan chef and cooking instructor and creator of the popular blog and YouTube channel of the same name, Sweet Potato Soul. She studied at the Institute of Integrative Nutrition and founded the personal chef company, The Nourishing Vegan, whose clients have included India Ari, Lucy mm. Lou, Lululemon, Soho House, Whole Foods, among many, many more. Yes, uh, Janae's recipes and nutritional advice have been featured on NBC's Today Show, Veg News, Ebony, GreatList.com, Refinery29, BET, Well and Good, Shape.com, and Leica. Leica, Leica. Oh, I like a magazine. Sorry. Uh, vegetarian Magazine. I like a. Uh, vegetarian Magazine, Thoughtfully, Mag- uh, Thoughtfully Magazine, InStyle.com, The Huffington Post, Reader's Digest, Urban Bush Babies, Main Street Vegan Radio, and Our Hen House. Yeah. She is the author of Sweet Potato Soul, 100 Easy Vegan Recipes for the Southern Flavors of Smoke, Sugar, Spice, and Soul. And I'm so excited for her to share her journey with you on the Keep On Cooking pod. Here she is, Janae Claiborne. She is a Georgia peach living in Los Angeles by way of NYC. It's the queen of smoke, sugar, spice, and soul, the creator of Sweet Potato Soul, Janae Claiborne. Thank you for being here, darling. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm so excited to chat with you. We're going to dive right into our icebreaker question. So if you had last week to do all over again, if you had a do-over, what is one thing you would have done differently? Mm, Well, this goes for every week, and I I don't learn my lesson. (laughs) I'm going to preface it by saying that. (laughs) But it's I would go to sleep earlier. Like, Oh, my gosh. Duh, but I don't, and I never do. And yeah. <laughs> What's your, how many hours, how many hours on average do you get of sleep? On average, night, I probably average maybe six and a half. Okay. Okay. So you're trying yeah. to get to probably like what, like eight you want to get? Yeah. You know, yeah. What, honestly, eight would be good, but I'm best on nine. I listen, I hear you. That is the same. Mm-hmm. I have the same struggle every week. And like, mm. I get like a couple good ones in there where I'm at like seven and a half, eight. And I'm like, <laughs> I can do this every night. I can make myself yeah, get to bed yeah. and do this. And then I just, so I, I feel you. Same thing. Oh, I, same. I think my answer actually is the same thing every week. It came from a specific incident, but like 
it, it taught me, I was like, my whole thing is like, I need to move slower. I was at work in this mm. large cooler and I was talking to somebody and then I was like, yeah, we'll do this and blah, blah, blah. blah. And then I turned around really fast and I hit my head and I fell oh, backwards. No. Oh, it was like, goodness. yeah, it was insane. Dramatic. It was dramatic, honey. But oh I gosh. like, I, I think I had maybe a tiny concussion, but oh my goodness, the general takeaway is I was like, I need to move slower. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. To move slower, yeah. talk slower, do everything slower. So I think again, slower. mine comes from weeks previous as well. So oh, we'll both wow. work on it. Things to work yeah, on. Yeah, we will <laughs> support each other. <laughs> exactly. Well, I've been a fan of yours for some time. Uh, thrilled I was able to meet you a few years ago when we were both presenting at the NYC Vegetarian Festival. Yes. Uh, I was so excited when you released this book, Sweet Potato Soul, 100 Easy Vegan Recipes for Southern Flavors of Smoke, Sugar, Spice, and Soul in 2018. And for everyone listening, if they haven't had a chance to cook something from your blog or your book or get some education from your fantastic YouTube channel, can you fill us in a little bit on what Sweet Potato Soul is, maybe how it came to be and how it's evolved over time? Sure, sure. Um, Well, Sweet Potato Soul started as my blog and it's still, the blog is like the the home base. Um, But it's a blog I started in 2010 at the beginning of the year. So it's been 11 years now. That's crazy. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. It's so funny because right before I got on the call with you, I was, you know, most of my day to day, like what I actually do is work on growing my blog. Um, So I was, I was like doing all this Pinterest research and I I always have like a different strategy I'm working on and trying to implement. Sure. And it's so funny because even though it's been 11 years on, you know, for blogging and 10 years for YouTube, I feel all the time like I'm just like I just started. Like <laughs> I feel like I don't really have like a handle on what I'm doing. Like I know what I'm doing, but you know, there's it's everything is constantly changing. And I was just gonna evolving. say I feel like it's always changing and you sort of always. have to keep up with like the different things that go yes. on. Yes. Otherwise Ooh. you'll just get left behind. Like yeah. if I had if I were still doing everything the way I was doing it in 2010 and 2011, you would never have heard, like you would not know who I am unless maybe we we would have met in like at the veg fest. And then like, you wouldn't like, you'd be like, (laughs) where is that girl now? (laughs) (laughs) Like you got to keep moving, moving. And like now we have all these so different, you know, TikTok and Instagram. Oh my goodness. And clubhouse. Have you been invited to clubhouse about 20 times? Yep. So I'm, I have the app and, you know, but I have, I have, I follow like the girl who invited me and maybe one other person and I've never listened to anything. I was just going to ask if you have, I mean, I don't, no. I keep getting invites and I politely, I'm like, thank you so much for really. I just can't, I can't imagine I, another I, thing. I bet I will break down. I'm, I mean, I'm just sort of like counting the days and I'm going to break down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I feel like, well, everybody's doing it. So I know. Well, you know what? I'm kind of at this point with, you know, with my career where I have finally started to outsource. So for example, I have an, uh, almost an intern. She's a, an assistant who I have full time. She started the beginning of this year, the January 4th, actually. And I have just, I was so uncomfortable with giving work to other people because I felt like only I can do it. Right. But right. I've given her, especially now that I've been doing it for so long, I have so many, I have hundreds of recipes on my blog and videos from my YouTube channel. And so I've given her this work that I've already created. It's not like she's like making new recipes or things for me, but to repurpose and to, to turn into new videos and just like, we're just 
I'm just trying to be creative about sure. with what I already have to share and to help me grow on these newer platforms, you know? Yeah, that's great. So, and then like outsourcing, that's the only way I have not like lost my mind. <laughs> you have to do it, right? It's the only way you to sort of like to. keep going and keep growing and keep expanding, I feel. Yes. But I, you know, I'm feeling very comfortable these days since I've had so much um, success with her. I'm like thinking about, okay, maybe we'll, we'll, you know, bring one other person in to do something else. And I also have a great photographer that I work with now. And so, you know, little by little, it's like, okay, I'm getting more comfortable with this because for the first, let's see, I started the blog in 2010 and the YouTube in 2011. And, you know, honestly, for the, for the majority of that time, I have not been doing sweet potato soul as a business until 2015. I didn't even know that I could make money on YouTube. And I had been making videos for four years and I didn't have any like strategy around it. I was only posting when I felt like it. And when I sure. had time, I was just, it was all a hobby until like 2015 is when I realized, oh, like I should be posting once a week and I should pay attention to how many followers I have. I didn't right. even know how many followers I had. Same with the blog. I never had looked at analytics. So 2015 is when you, really when I started taking it seriously, like, oh, maybe I can turn this into something. Um, but yeah, before then, <laughs> it was just all for fun and games. Well, it's so interesting you say that because, um, you know, the vegan roadie doesn't have a huge following on YouTube. And it was because I kind of, I just used it as a platform to put the videos mm -hmm. on. I was not thinking at all like a YouTuber, like to mm -hmm. be a YouTuber, it's, it's a legit, like you're looking at all the things that you mentioned, you know, you're just looking at the numbers and trying to see, and you've got to post all the time. And you've got to yes. do all the things. And I really was just like, Oh, it's a great place to put my show up, you know? Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I don't think that was necessarily, that was 2014. So I think around that time, it wasn't, it wasn't a wrong thought on my part, but it no. was also YouTube was also adjusting into the place that it is now where people are, right. people are making a living on that, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not even keeping up with every, all the new changes for YouTube. For example, the, uh, you can post like essentially reels to YouTube. Now you can do, um, you've been posts like almost, uh, you know, text posts, sort of like Facebook or Twitter. I never do any of that stuff still. <laughs> I'm, I'm working up to that point. <laughs> You'll get there, especially if you're I'll starting to or outsource and get some yes. help. And that, that's great. Yes. You'll totally get there. Well, you started totally. the blog, the YouTube channel, the cookbook, and the blog is all recipes, right? And I feel like mm -hmm. the YouTube channel, the stuff I've watched, I feel like it's a it's it's just a great educational space for you. You're Thank really you. helping people. Yeah, you're you're sort of giving people a very easy, accessible look into vegan living. And is, is that the right impression I'm getting from it yes that that is my goal for sure so it's the recipe videos you know some sit down educational videos i've done a, i've done i think three in a row now this month of those and um and then some lifestyle things so vlog vlog videos where it's like what i eat in a day and showing people like my actual life like what i really really do eat day to day and what my daughter eats and how we spend our time i love that it's great and so when did cooking, I know you explain it in the, in the book, some how cooking became part of when you started cooking, but I'm curious about vegan cooking mm -hmm. in terms of like, like, do you remember what your first vegan cookbook was that you ever owned? Like one that you just still mm -hmm. have and the pages are all filthy, something you cooked out of the most? Well, you know, I don't know the very, very first one, but it's so funny you ask because just today, my new blog post is for, it's the very first recipe 
that I posted on my YouTube channel, which are these sweet potato macaroons. And the recipe is from the Artful Vegan, which is the cookbook from the Millennial Millennium, Millennium Restaurant yes. in San Francisco. Yes. So that's an oldie, right? That's I, and a goodie. I, I, it's such a goodie. And when I um, when I put when I did the blog post, I wanted to link to the book. And apparently, you know, Amazon remembers everything. Sure. It shows yeah. me that I bought it. It's a very very beginning of two thousand. 11. So that, that might be my first one because I didn't go vegan until a couple of months after that. I wasn't vegan yet, but that might be my very first cookbook. I'm not a vegan cookbook. I'm not sure, but were you, was it, was everything not vegan at first? Did it move into vegan? Yeah. You know, it was mostly vegan. When I started the blog, I was not, I wasn't really I didn't really think I would become a vegan in 2010. I was okay. working at a vegan restaurant. So you might know it, Peace Food Cafe. Oh, yeah. Yes. So I Great started working Super there. Tasty. So tasty. So working in the very beginning of 2010. Um, and I was a vegetarian. And I was, that's why I got, the, that's why I wanted to work at a vegan restaurant because I was not going to serve meat. Sure. And, you know, I, I, I just was, every time somebody would talk to me about like animal, exploitation and you know animal agriculture i would i was the person who would just like stick my fingers in my ears and be like i can't hear it it's so sad please please walk away so because of that i wasn't really i knew it was like animals were going through something but i didn't i still didn't think like i'm going to become big and i figured vegetarian is going to be is fine right what's the big deal so um, when I started the blog, it was I was sharing mostly vegan recipes, and at the time I was eating mostly vegan, but I wasn't vegan. I was eating um, I was eating dairy as well. By that point, okay. So then it was your blog eventually then shifted though to yeah. all vegan. You start giving us all yeah. the vegan goodies, which I a year in. That, which that's great. You kind of got your feet wet a little bit in the blog world, and then you yeah. then you really gave us the goods and the vegan. Oh style. yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, especially because back then there was it was so early, and there was not not I didn't really have a fear for this because, like I said, blogging wasn't going to be like my new career path. That would have been great if that's what it could turn into, but I didn't I didn't intend for this to happen. So I was it was okay with being like really specific in a niche. Like now, if you're going to start a vegan blog, it's like vegan is cool now. Sure. But back I mean, then, it wasn't yeah. that cool. You need to have something now to really reel the people in. Yeah. You know, it's it's a good thing that you had started back then. It's so interesting mm-hmm. now the way stuff has unfolded. And I mean, there's just, there's so much content, really. So much. And, you know, but even for like these, the oldies like me, it's, there's so much content. And we have such an advantage because we already like have a name for ourselves and we're already established. But like I said before, there is just like, you can be left behind so easily if you're Mm. not continuing with this, like, you know, beginner mindset, you just have to, you can't get comfortable. You can't like feel like, oh, I've been doing this forever. Like they already love me or anything like that. It's it's just, that's not going to cut it. You got to keep, got to keep, you know, doing your thing and, and, and being fresh and, you know, 
Creating that, yes, creating that <laughs> fresh content is fresh. the thing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, one of the things I've loved about you and that I find inspiring is your food philosophy. Simply put, you believe that food we eat most should not only taste great, but also make us feel great. And the recipes in this book are an expansion of that philosophy. Moreover, you educate the reader uh, with this book. Right off the bat, you discuss the difference between Southern food and soul food. And I love that you did this. For our listeners, can you give a quick glimpse into the difference between Southern food and soul food? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly what I wrote in the book, but I mean, I do have it right here in front of me. But essentially, soul food is... I would say Southern food is like the blanket type of food for the South. So it can encompass Cajun Creole, um, low country food, um, like all of the Southern cuisines there that there might be. Cause you know, Southern food is very regional as well. It's not right. just everybody eats the exact same thing, but soul food is specifically black food and it doesn't have to be from the South. Um, there's this, there's a great quote, I think it's by Dick Gregory and, and I, I might not find it exactly, but let me just try to remember it's all, all soul, all soul food is Southern food, but not all Southern food is soul food. <laughs> you got it right. It you got it right. I yeah. Okay. It you got it. <laughs> okay. I found it. I was like, yes, she nailed it. So she said, yeah. well, all soul food is Southern food. Not all Southern food is soul. Right. Right. And not all, not all um, people who are eating Southern food live in the South so, or soul food live in the South because, you know, through the diaspora and the great migration of black people leaving the South in the 20th century, you know, so I, you know, my grandmother could be from California and still be making soul food. My yes. grandmother is actually from Philadelphia and I grew up on her soul food. Um, so all over the country, black people are eating soul food because we do all have these same roots from the South. Um, and so, you know, maybe they might be from Louisiana and then your food is a little, you know, maybe more Creole food, or maybe they're from the low country or Maybe they're from anywhere, you know, it might be a little bit different, but essentially, you know, this is still all soul food. Well, I like you talk about the variations too, because you talk about the different regions. Like one thing I was reading, like your cornbread recipe, you're like, you might put, you know, jalapeno in it, or you might like it mm -hmm. more moist. And you were basically saying everyone's got their different cornbread preference. And a lot of it depends on sort of where you learned it from or where you're coming from. Yep. Yep. It's, it's very much um, personal taste. Like it's so funny when I was writing the book, it was years ago, so I'm not, it's not so fresh in my mind anymore, but, <laughs> <laughs> and it was a very difficult experience. So, you know, some of these things I had to black out. <laughs> sure, sure. It's you intense. It it's a lot. Done it. yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, but I remember like, you know, if you're going to make a, a, a gumbo recipe, like I don't, I don't love, I only like okra if it's fried, for example. So I don't put okra in my gumbo. And so that's like blasphemy to some people, but like, sure. that's how I always ate it. Yep. And it's just the same. Like some people aren't are going to put tomatoes and some people aren't going to put tomatoes. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's very much about who you learned it from. What do you like? What does your family mm -hmm. like? And that's it. And that's honestly, that's my favorite thing about soul food aside from it's yummy and everything. But I love the fact that it is so versatile and yes. that it is ever changing. It's a it's a type of cuisine that is um, constantly shifting and and open to shifts, and that's what makes it perfect for veganizing as well. Because you, it's very it's very um, 
it's dishonest to say that soul food is this one thing. It all, all your cornbread has to make, be made this one way. Right. That's not true. So why not? Why not make it vegan? You know, it's going to be different. Like everybody has a different one anyway. Might Why not have a vegan one? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. And you also talk about it making you feel alive. You have this great quote in here, which I think is another, I say that because you're talking about it being different and different things make people feel alive. So I just, I'm going to quote mm-hmm. you from your book here. Uh, hopefully that doesn't make you uncomfortable. But when speaking <laughs> of soul food, you said, it's a lot like another great cultural legacy of Blacks in the South, jazz music. You went on to say, my intention with this book to teach you to make food that not only tastes good and gives you necessary nutrients, but is also food you can hear that makes you tap your foot and makes you alive. And I just, I had a vision mm. of a friend I used to tour with on the road and we'd go out to eat and he'd take a bite of something. And if he liked it, he literally almost had like a little dance. You could tell yes. how happy he was, you know? Yes. So I really, yes. that, really, I, that really resonated for me. I oh, got I to, love that. Yeah. Is there a food that, like a food that you think of right away that makes, a certain food that makes you feel alive, most alive when you eat it? I mean, you mean soul food or any, any type of any food? Any type of food. I mean, you know, I, I'm a big fresh fruit person. So just yes. like a, I, I think of a fresh peach, I'm, I'm craving peaches right now. It's not, I know we're not there yet, but we're almost there. <laughs> Getting there. We're almost close. Peach we're close. <laughs> so I'm like already, I'm like, mm, think about it. I tap my foot, I dance, you know, that is, yes. oh, there's yes. so many foods like that to me. That's, I don't, I, I, I thank you for quoting that. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. That sounds nice. I that, but <laughs> I don't remember. You're right? like, oh, I did write that. Say it oh, again. Girl. Right. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> look, look. <laughs> but I'm like, there's just so there are so many. That is just it is honest. It is so honest to how I feel about food. <laughs> well, and that's why it was it popped out to me because I really did. You know, I I understand that feeling. It's that thing of when you're just like, ooh, I'm gonna like pause even for a minute because mm-hmm. I want to savor every bite of this. It is so delicious. Mm-hmm. Well, when we dig into the intro here, you have a lot of great tips for stocking the pantry and getting the kitchen set up for success, but you also have a nice two-page spread. It is sweet potato soul, after all, on different sweet potatoes like Japanese, mm-hmm. Korean, Stokes Purple, Puerto Rico, O. Henry, Garnet, and you also address the question, what is the difference between sweet potatoes and yams? Can you explain the distinction for our listeners? Yes. So the easy one to remember. So the yam thing, that's a misnomer. <laughs> At the store and it says red yams or just yams, or when we say candy yams, these are all misnomers. We're not actually referring to the, the food that is actually a yam. An actual yam is a tuber also, but it is not anything like the sweet potato. It's not sweet. It's white. It's very, it's starchier. Um, and we don't see these at the grocery store they, you can find them if you go to a Caribbean grocery store or an African grocery store, because they're very um, common in those types of cuisines, but for American cooking and soul food cooking, we're not actually using yams. We are using sweet potatoes and they are called yams. And I don't know, um, you know, I haven't done like any, uh, what is it? The fact checking on this story, but I've heard it many times and I put it in the book. That the way the reason we got to calling it yam was basically a marketing um, thing between like uh-huh. the sweet potato commission of one state mm-hmm. needed to stand out. And so instead of just saying like, you know, continuing like these are our sweet potatoes from South Carolina, it's these are yams. Okay? Ah. And they have all of these amazing, you know, healthy benefits 
but they're yams. Wink, wink. Yeah, they look like sweet potatoes, but they're from further from. I think it was South Carolina. They're mm-hmm. from South Carolina, and they're yams. <laughs> so it's a way that they wanted to distinguish themselves from the lowly, you know, the common sweet potato that everybody, you know, sweet potato is so sure. common in American food and in Southern food. So they, I think they just wanted to stand out. That's the story I've heard. Well, I don't think we need to fact check it because that sounds on brand with something that would happen in our food system. So, oh, totally. You know, totally. I mean, yeah, that, that sounds about <laughs> right. Well, let's get into it. Chapter one is breakfast with offerings like pecan sweet potato granola, chive and cheddar drop biscuits, crispy eggplant bacon, sweet potato pie smoothie, sweet potato pecan cinnamon rolls, smoky white bean sausage, and some cinnamon honey butter. We know we are off to a good start with all these things. What do you use for the honey and the cinnamon honey butter? I use uh, bee-free honey. That's my favorite. But you could also use agave if you can't get your hands on that. Yeah. And what's your favorite breakfast in this chapter to make? Something you still come back to again and again? Oh, you know what? Honestly, it's the grits. I made them the Mm. other day for dinner. I love them. Tell us about them. They are so... Okay, so creamy, savory... Um, if you like, my husband calls them polenta because he didn't eat, you know, he didn't grow up in the South. He, sure. he didn't grow up eating grits. So for him, it's polenta. It's, you know, very similar. Um, so if you, anyone's familiar with polenta and you never had grits, you know, you will, you will like grits. Yes. And for these, um, so I do a low country stew topping for it and I use artichoke, marinated, um, artichoke hearts. So those are in place of the seafood. Um, and I also use ume plum vinegar, which gives it a very, it's very briny vinegar and it gives it a sort of like a a seafoody taste Mm -hmm. because the low country cuisine, because it's, you know, like the sea islands and it's on the water, they use a lot of seafood, you know, sea animals. And so you want to replicate that, that, that flavor, that essence of the sea for this. And so the uh, marinated artichoke hearts, let me plum vinegar in there. And then I, I make my own sausages actually. And so, and you can use store-bought too, but the sausages in here are great. So it's all these different textures with the creamy grits, the artichokes, the meaty sausages, um, there's tomatoes and there's also, you know, corn in there. It's just like such a, an amazing balance of flavor and the texture and creamy it's comfort food, but it's also, I must say, it's also pretty nutritious. So yeah. you can look at the ingredients, but it, it, it's good for you. Okay. Yeah. It sounds delicious too. And that's that smoky white bean sausage you're using. Yes. Then, right? mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. I make these sausages a lot too. Still come back to them again. You're saying you keep coming. For mm-hmm. these? Oh I yeah. All the time. That's great. All the time. Cause it's so much less expensive. I'm a very, fru- I'm so frugal for me. Frugal is fun. <laughs> you know, oh, it's I a little game, it. right? It's, it's a game. Yes. I love it. So like, how can I save money and mm-hmm. making my own, you know, vegan staples like, you know, sausage and tempeh and such. It's, it's easy. Why not do it? Yes, for sure. Well, chapter two is salads and soups. The turnip, the heat butter bean soup and coconut corn chowder are definitely on my list. And of course, the sweet potato bisque. Uh, It's so Mm -hmm. funny. Obviously, this book's going to be full of um, lots of recipes that have sweet potato this and sweet potato that. But you're so creative with it. Every time I see one, I'm like, oh, sweet potatoes are in that. Like, yes, I want to make that. So like, that's one of the things I love about it. It's not uh, it's not a very pedestrian take on just like, oh, we'll put a sweet potato on that. 
Like it's a really yeah, yeah. fun take on it. So it's always fun to flip the pages and see Good. what stuff has the sweet potato in it. That's some soups here from here, though. Do you have a couple of favorite salads from this chapter you can tell us about? Yeah. Well, you know, the sunflower Caesar salad, I share it all the time. It's on my blog now because I'm like, it, just in case the people don't have the book, they need to make that salad. Yes. <laughs> they put yes. it on the blog. But that is, oh my God, it's the best Caesar salad I've ever had. I love um, Caesar salad so much. Me too, but I didn't before I became vegan. Sure. So I like, actually didn't. The anchovy thing freaked me out. Even when yes. I was vegan, I was like, why is there anchovy on that? Yes. Oh. I, there's so many things that before I was vegan, I would not eat. And that's one of them. And then you become vegan. It's like, it's just the, eating vegan for me is just like so much. I mean, it is cleaner. Yeah. Sure. But even if it's a processed thing, it just feels cleaner. And for me, I, I'm lactose intolerant. So even though I was a vegetarian, I was still like eating a little bit of dairy. But certain things like Caesar dressing grossed me out. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then like with the, the anchovy in there and everything, it's like, no, I'm not going to eat that. Right. But this, look, if anybody, no, you know, if you don't like Caesar salad, you will like this. <laughs> anybody will like this. <laughs> and it's so it's it. sunflower seeds for the base then, is that? Yes. Yes. I'm allergic to cashews. So I, I use sunflower seeds oh. a lot. My for, goodness, you know. a vegan that's allergic to cashews. I know. Well, that's but I don't great, let that though. hold me back. Well, yep. well yep. everyone who's listening, if you're allergic to cashews and you've been going, oh my gosh, all vegans do is use cashews, it sounds yeah. like Janae's book is going to uh, be a good fit for you. Right, guys. right. You will not find a single cashew. That's good. <laughs> well, what's another salad from this chapter that you love? Um, I love the... Ooh, well, the potato salad. Oh, so yummy. I love what, the potato salad. And what is it that you just love about your potato salad? My potato salad. So my secret, one of my secret ingredients is that ume plum vinegar that I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. But so it has that in there. Like I said, it's very briny and it just gives, it just like, it's like, it gives everything a kick, an yeah. unexpected kick that you wouldn't get from another type of ingredient. And so it's just like really, you know how you when you salt something, you're you're not just making it salty. You're helping the fl- other flavors stand out, accent the other flavors. Ume plum vinegar does the same thing, but with a little edge to it. Yes, it's so interesting. I used that in culinary school, and then I hadn't thought about it. Uh, and David, my husband, was cooking from your book, and he was like, "What is this?" I was like, "Oh, it's delicious, but we don't have any." And he went and got some. And now I'm like, I'm so happy that it's in our cupboard now. I don't yes. know For some reason, I neglected it after I learned about it, and now I will never do that again. Thanks to you, back into my life. I appreciate. Oh, good, good, good. I love that. Uh, chapter three is greens and sides. You start this off by saying soul food just ain't soul food without cornbread, greens, and plenty of down home sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, are there any sides or family recipes that just had to make their way into this section? Yeah, I mean, collard greens, definitely sure. a must, a must. They're so underrated. Like, oof. And Yum. what do you, what oh do we do? God. What do you do with your, your collard greens in this book? Okay, so I do um, soy sauce and smoked paprika. Mm-hmm. And I learned that technique from another chef. I went to some party and the chef had made, she made, it wasn't collard greens. I think it was kale. It was, I'm pretty sure she, it was just like kale, just like sauteed kale. But I loved the, this, this is years ago. I loved the richness to it. And I went up and I asked her, I was like, what is in here? How did you make it taste so you know, yummy and smoky? And she told me 
she did just, she's like, just smoke paprika. And I was like, Ugh. just that. She's like, Oh, a little soy sauce. And that Crazy. is, I was like, okay, thank you. So I'm like, I realized, let me try the same combination for my collard greens. Cause yes. you know, traditionally they would use uh, ham hock or smoked turkey neck. Mm-hmm. So the, all you need, all you need to replicate is the smokiness and the umami. That's it. You don't need animals. So that is exactly how I do it. Also the tomato, cause you want acid too. So I put tomatoes in mine and that's not what my family did growing up. Um, it's, but I like the tomatoes cause I like there's, you know, they bring acid, but there's also a sweetness. And also, uh, if you're not going to do tomatoes, you could just do uh, vinegar. So like a splash of vinegar, apple cider vinegar. And that's how I learned it at, you know, growing up. Um, so just got to make sure that you still that acid, just like we we're saying with that ume plum vinegar, sure. that, that, that edge that it gives and that, like that kick that it gives, it's, it's the, the acidity. And so that's really important to have. Well, and then mixed with that smoked paprika, I tell you, smoked paprika, mm-hmm. smoked paprika has become one of my favorites in the last mm-hmm. few years. Like it's just such a simple yes. thing to have on hand and turn to, and you just need to add that little bit of yes. smokiness to it. It's Oof. great. So good. I can't, I, I go through it so quickly. <laughs> I do too. I go through it too. And I'll like misplace. I'll like put one somewhere and I don't, even though I have a spice rack, so then I'll open up a new one and then I find the other one. And I've got like a quarter of a button. I'm like, Oh geez, like using it too much. I guess. Uh, what are your, your cornbreads in this chapter? What's like your, your, yeah. I think you said you like a crumbly cornbread if memory serves. Yeah. So is that what we're getting yeah. in this book? Yes, I do. Yeah, that's exactly. It's, it's, it's not a jiffy cornbread. This is a, a more, <laughs> to me, this one is, it's a hardier, more, uh, it's a grainier. It's so it's, it's, I'm used more cornmeal. Um, my ratio of cornmeal to flour is like 50, 50 All right. versus a lot of people actually look, I'm looking at the recipe. So for this one, I did, I did like 75% cornmeal. So for, you know, if you want a cakeier one, you would just do the opposite. So more flour, but I like it really nice and grainy. Um, and then for this cornbread, I also use it in that Caesar salad um, as croutons. So you can turn it into croutons. So Perfect. yummy. I love that. You've got uh, add-ins mentioned in here too, in your cornbread. Is there an add-in that you like to put in your cornbread or do you just like it simple and plain? No, I mean, honestly, I usually just use it, make it simple. Absolutely. Okay. But the nice, like if I'm going to have an add-in, I like to put corn like so we have big chunky pieces of corn kernels nice nice and my nana she always says the um well when i was a kid she would do cream corn but now she tells me that she does a lot of jalapeno peppers so all right like it hot you change it up change it up lots of options in there with this too you give Mm -hmm. us i want to try the black bean the black eyed peas hummus and also the sweet potato hummus there we are again Mm -hmm. with the creative sweet potato use (laughs) Uh, and you got the sweet Jesus mac and cheese. I'm a sucker mm-hmm. for a good mac and cheese, and I have a feeling <laughs> yours won't disappoint. Tell us about your mac and cheese recipe. Mm, yeah, so you know, you know, this is the vegan butternut squash mac and cheese. So this is just a take on that, but instead of using just butternut squash, I did sweet potato because you know, because I'm sweet potato soul. So, yes. but it's very similar to that because you say you make that nice creamy sauce with the with the sweet potato and your um, arrowroot powder and nutritional yeast and all that. And I I think that most vegan mac and cheeses, like if you get it at a restaurant, to me they're so bland. 
Like I agree. It's just so bland. Like, what is this? But this one is not bland. This is flavorful. Well, and that's the interesting thing about vegan mac and cheese to me is that really it takes on this the seasoning that we give it, right? Yeah. Um, we're using mm-hmm. these bases and it's like, well, let's season it up then. There's mm-hmm. a um the inch I've said this before on this podcast. The best macaroni and cheese, vegan mac and cheese I've ever had came from a non-vegan restaurant. They had it on their menu, yeah. a vegan mac and cheese. It was a place in Seattle called Cafe Pedariso and I still think of it and I've tried to like recreate it and I'm just always so like, that's crazy to me that I had like the best mac and cheese, vegan mac and cheese (laughs) I've ever had at a a non-vegan place, but it also doesn't surprise me, you know? Well, I've had the best, the best vegan food I've had is at non-vegan restaurants. What do we think that is? They're stepping it up and trying, I think. We got to make this good if we're going to put it on here because they know they have non-vegans to please, I would imagine. Exactly. That's a good point. I think also with non-vegan restaurants, they just, I mean, especially out here in California, it's just, it's very like farmer's market focused and like seasonal and the vegan restaurants seem to be like, we're just like replicating, you know, the non-vegan things, you know? And so there's, it's to me, it's not as inventive usually. The only issue is you know, I, I love, I think the food can be great at these non-vegan restaurants, but I, I, I have like, for example, there's a restaurant down the street that I used to love, but I'm not eating at anymore because the last time I went, um, there was, there was Parmesan in my vegan salad. It's vegan on the menu, by the way. It's not like I made it vegan. It's just vegan on the menu. And I just became paranoid because that is not the first time that has happened that I've had to take something back because it is, They've got like something snuck in. <laughs> and well, and that means they're just so. like, they're labeling things vegan and not paying attention. Yes, not paying attention. Like, hey, hold on. You right? Know. Like you could like kill somebody. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like it's anyone it's listening who owns a restaurant, be careful. Or yeah, listeners, please. when you're dining, even especially, yes. place, be careful. Ask your question. Be careful. It's amazing. Exactly. But in an, in, on the flip side, at least, I mean, I'm glad you don't eat there anymore, but at least some Mm-mm. places are trying. Hopefully they'll keep yes. trying more and they'll start being more mindful and not do slips like that. Cause that's yes. famous. He's crazy. I think, you know, it's funny because I think the smaller restaurants, like this is just like a local restaurant down the sure. street, but it seems like the bigger restaurants, they have more of a liability issue. So they have to be more careful. They right. have separate, you know, cooking stations and all of that, like the fast food restaurants. So. Which I want to like tell myself every place has a separate cooking station, but no. I know that's not the case. <laughs> I'm very aware, everyone, that that's not the case, but I would love it if they no. do. Well, I, I love chapter three that's greens and sides because I feel like it's got all of those tasty things that we all want from the soul food arena. So it's definitely, mm-hmm. I've got it, little pages marked throughout here and I, I can't wait oh, to good. from it. Uh, we're moving on to mains, which is chapter four. Um, anything in this that is maybe veganized versions of family classics or from holidays or anything like that, that you had to put in the book in the main section? Yeah. I mean, stuffing slash, I don't know how you call it. Dressing, stuffing, filling, stuffing, I'm same stuffing, thing. Yeah. yeah. I call it stuffing. We're not stuffing too. it in anything anymore, but, I know, stuffing, just but the same. my family calls it filling and like, I don't know, stuffing and filling, but for whatever reason, stuffing doesn't hurt me as much as filling. <laughs> sure. No, I get it. And dressing never made sense to me. No, no, me neither. I just, I don't. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was like, that's that's a it's, dressing goes on a salad. What are you talking about? Exactly, exactly. But the, the the stuffings, I have a couple in here. I have like a I have a cornbread one that I make every year for the holidays, and then I have a like a more traditional, you know, I use like sourdough bread for it one, but they're both the best. And I I think that's those like stuffing in general, like whatever type it is, as long as it's good, that is my one of my like top favorite top five favorite foods maybe top 10 top 10 top five delicious so satisfying so, so comforting satisfying. yes the best i couldn't agree more uh, my <laughs> husband made the happy heart crab cakes oh yeah it was it was such a joy that he cooked for me let me tell you uh yeah. they were delicious i had to stop myself from eating them all so i could space out the joy a little bit because they were bringing <laughs> me lots of joy i had them for lunch oh. the next day they were seasoned perfectly with a base of chickpeas and hearts of palm the texture was just right uh you actually did these on the today show so if anybody wants yes. to today make these if you want a little video she makes them on the today show um, yes. we got the bootylicious gumbo jackfruit jambalaya bourbon barbecue tempeh sandwich which mm, I've actually mm. made. i made that one i think first when i first got this book oh nice uh, yes i love the quick pickled onions giving it that perfect little yep. pop of sour and then the tangy barbecue sauce tied it all together <laughs> uh, we got the sweet potato green bean casserole in here tell us about that yeah i mean it's kind of um uh, oh my god i have not made that recipe since i'm like was recipe testing. Yes. That one was really, really difficult for me though. Very difficult. I remember that. Um, because I, it was, took me a while to get it just right. And then I was going back and forth with my recipe testers on that one. Mm -hmm. And so it was just kind of, that one gave me a really hard time. And then I actually almost did not include it in the book because I kept, it wasn't right. Um, so in the end, it ended up making its way in, but it took a lot of back and forth with, you know, my testers yeah. and myself. And then I also didn't want there to be, I didn't want the recipes in this book to be like overly complicated mm -hmm. to get right. So yeah, that one. I mean, it's great. It's really great though. Now that it's, it's done. Well, it's done. I, I bet it's fantastic. Now that's kind of, I'm, you can't see me, but I'm like grinning over here because I know that moment when you're going back and forth with, with a, a lot of us who write books, y'all we're fortunate to gather a group of testers that we love. Oh, yeah. And you have some that are so dedicated to the project and you really start to go back and forth with them. And it, it really takes the recipes to a really fantastic place. Mm -hmm. But it can be hard when you hit that little wall where you're like, I've, mm -hmm. I've taken all the suggestions, I've done all the things. And for some reason, we still can't get to that spot. You know? Right. Exactly. Um, it's going to yeah. be a real challenge, but it's it's good to have those people, especially um, I had a I, I had a mostly I, only, I think I only had one person. No, I'm sorry. I had two people who are like my friends outside of this, mm -hmm. but everybody else was, they're like readers of my blog and they were, so I, it felt like they were much more, um, they were a bit more, more unbiased. Sure. You sure. know? Well, that's <laughs> the great the thing. It really like gives yeah. you that feedback that you're kind of like, oh, I didn't think of that. Or, oh, I thought yes. that a little, but now you saying it again, I'm like, I'm really getting it. Like I'm going to Exactly. And a lot of these people, they're, they're not like, I wouldn't say they're professional testers because they're not getting paid, but right they love doing this. So they like, they will keep you on your game. <laughs> I love it. I had this last, the, the next book I have coming out, uh, one of the 
copy editors was like, if you want me to test anything, and we were like well into it. And I was like, you know what? She ended up being the best recipe tester. And it was so cool because when she was going through the book too, she'd be like, hey, I mean, I don't want to step on your toes, but have you ever thought about? And I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. You know, so it was like, wow. It's the, I I tell you, every time I talk to somebody, and I can tell with your book, I mean, when we have the ability to have people really give us the feedback, it's so Mm -hmm. helpful. And it really Mm -hmm. creates tied together package for the end result the collaboration yes it's so good totally well you've got the spicy cauliflower fried chicken which i love things with cauliflower so tell us about (laughs) that's the most popular uh recipe on my blog i shared it on there also it's the most and i think maybe on my youtube channel as well but it's the thing is it's just it's fried chicken but just swapped it just don't use the chicken. You know what yes. I mean? The thing is people are, people just don't realize that the reason they like fried chicken is not mm-hmm. the chicken without all that breading, without <laughs> all the, you know, the everything, the, the, the spices, yes. it doesn't, it's, can you imagine? No, that is, come on. Like uh, the, the best, the person who the, the biggest chicken fan in the world would not like it without all the seasoning. So essentially, I, all I did, all I did for this recipe is I made a regular fried chicken batter dredge. That's all I did, and I just used cauliflower instead. That's Perfect. literally that's all I did. I didn't do anything. Not I didn't reinvent the wheel. Right, nothing. right, right. <laughs> If anything, you kept it simple, which is great for the home cook. So it's perfect. Well, I did put nutritional yeast in there, though. So that's well, I mean, that's a little different. But that's like the only thing that's you know. I say probably good for you. That probably took it to a a, oh yeah place. So that that elevation was needed. Yes, exactly. I'm here, nooch for days. Uh, (laughs) What about a main in this chapter that's a staple in your home still? Anything like that? Um, you know, the make jambalaya all the time. And another one that I wish was a staple is the lentil loaf. I, it used to be, mm. but I, I'm looking at it now. I'm like, oh my goodness. I know I don't make that anymore. It is so, that's my favorite lentil loaf because it's got oh. the mushrooms in it and walnuts. And of course the lentils and mm-hmm. so many vegetables. It's so nutritious. It's so filling and lentils are so underrated. Uh, it's just, it's, it's, like one of my favorites. It's so funny you say that though. I'm going to, I'm going to bookmark that now because I don't know about you, but when I first went vegan, I remember being like, Oh, I'll make this. I found, I found a meatloaf. Like I kept finding meatloafs in a book or online. Uh-huh. A lot of different versions of meatloaf. Um, so I can see how maybe at one point you were making it and then it's, sort of, I think it's just sort of that thing. And now you're kind of like, Oh wait, meatloaf. And this was. Done. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. I mean, it's one of those things too. And I grow growing up, my Nana would make, Turkey meatloaf. We didn't eat red meat or pork, but she made turkey meatloaf all the time. And it's like, you know, it's just, it's just like a perfect little American dish. <laughs> and did you rely on her for uh, some inspiration in this book you talk about? Yeah. Do you want to tell our listeners about that? Yeah. So my Nana, she is like my, my main connection to food was my main connection to food growing up. Now I'm her connection to food because <laughs> she's like trying to go vegan and eat oh, healthy yeah. and you know, all this stuff. So she has approved all of the recipes. My whole family has, but um, I learned how to cook from her and she, my mom did not cook. And I, I lived with my mom and my Nana growing up. Um, so my mom didn't cook my mom, my Nana did all the cooking and she loves it. So that's how I learned to cook. And my, my connection to food comes through that relationship. 
Um, so when I was writing the book, I, I had to interview her a lot and, you know, I'd be in the middle of something and I'd have to call her and get her, her suggestion. And, and at first I, I didn't, I thought I was going to write the book with her. Like it was going to be the both of us, mm-hmm. but she was like, no, you should just do it like that. She she kind of acted like intimidated by the process. <laughs> and it's also funny because she does not measure anything. You know, she's a grandma. Yes. So she doesn't even own, she probably doesn't even own measuring. I mean, she might own measuring cups, but like, I've never seen her measure anything ever in my life. So <laughs> she's not like writing recipes down it's just well, all that's sort of history. the hardest part right like the when because yep. you're like oh no you're like oh sometimes last time this tasted better with like you know a half a teaspoon and this time it's right about, you're like well i gotta figure out which one is better which right one is better I, I took meticulous notes yeah yes mm-hmm. yes i mean i do that now with my blog too but like with the blog i'm like i don't post i post like three times a week <laughs> But this, like a hundred recipes, like you have to be so meticulous. Yeah. So I'd ask my Nana and she'd be like, oh, well, I kind of eyeball it. I'm like, yes, but what does your eyeball say? <laughs> How much does that mean to you? Oh, I love that. I mean, did she inspire stuff like the the seasoning, the dredge for the the fried chicken? Yes. Is that, yeah, I, I just, that. yes, totally. Like, what do you use? I mean, I hadn't had fried chicken. By the time mm-hmm. I wrote this book, I, I had given up chicken. I mean, it'd been 10 years. Right. So I certainly didn't remember, like, I don't even know what it tastes like anymore, but so I had to talk to her and I had to talk to people who still eat meat. And of course I relied on the internet. I, I did the, a lot of the recipes that I veganized, I, um, let me find an example. Um, for example, okay. For example, I know we haven't talked about dessert yet, but like the pound cake, it was, I was replicating my grandmother's um, pound cake, but she, like I said, she doesn't measure anything. And so I had to, you know, rely on the internet, non-vegan recipes, um, to try to extrapolate and, you know, be creative and, you know, there's all these different avenues of trying to figure it out. And some of these recipes took so long, like, <laughs> but some of them didn't make it into the book because they took too long. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Well, the readers, the home cook always appreciates that. I know that. Yeah. Well, I'm a perfectionist. So <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking too, a good thing about the blogs, the difference, or I guess rather with the blog and a book is like a blog. If you make it again, you know, a month later, you're oh, yeah. like, Oh, it was better this way. You can go leave a little Quick note or you can change a gr- an ingredient. So like, that's, yeah, the- I do it all the time. Exactly. Yeah, it's like the book. It's like, you're putting it out there. It's done. You know what? Uh, you probably, I'm assuming you probably did went through this cause I can't be alone, but the day that the book came out, I remember I did like a press, like some, not a TV show. It was like live on Facebook or something. Mm -hmm. And I made my sweet potato burgers, which are in the book, which are a perfect recipe. Okay. Like I said, I I am a perfectionist Mm -hmm. and I, I made them, but I, it had been like a year since I had like, honestly, when I make them now, I just, I just have it in my brain and I kind of, like I said, eyeball everything, but I had, everything was measured out for me. Um, to make these things live and to see all of the spices in front of me <laughs> felt like, oh my God, this is wrong. And I had to go and double check, like, did the, the, did, are you sure this is like one, whatever of like, this is, this is what I asked for. Right. They're like, yeah, it's from your book. And I was like, oh no, 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 this is a typo. <laughs> <laughs> I was convinced that I made typos for this recipe. I was 
so I was like sweating. Like I was so upset. There was a day the book came out. I was so upset. And it's funny because, and of course, you know, it's over, like we made the food and they were absolutely perfect and delicious, Yeah, but it's still, I still was like, like, I still was like messed up and I had to go and make them again. Not, I was in a hotel, so I couldn't there, but as soon as I got back to my house, like I made them again, like, like I, it was just like, I was so afraid for multiple of these recipes, like, oh my God, but maybe I made a typo and nobody right. caught it. Like right. my recipe, um, maybe the food stylist, when we shot the cookbook, she didn't catch it. You know, I, I was so scared. I totally, it's that feeling where you're just kind of like, wait, 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 that was a mistake. Right. It, was missed. it was, I've been, right. there's actually even, I did, I don't even know what the mistake is. I'm admitting this to everyone now. All I know is that when I have gone back, cause I haven't recreated it or in my first book, there's a pad tie that, People have been like, oh my gosh, I love that pad thai. And every time somebody mentions it, I'm like, no, there's something wrong with it. I'm like, really? Because I made it again and I made it as the book said. And I was like, I this is not right. And I I, oh I had to let it go because I've now done in my next book, there's a new pad thai in it. It's like my redemption pad thai is what oh I called it. Because once it's done, it's done. You know, I mean, apparently, yes. I don't know if people were lying to me, but they said it was good. So if anyone has the Simply Vegan Cookbook wow. pad thai, it could be great, but when I maybe I made it wrong the next time I made maybe it, you right could have been me. I oh. have a recipe like that, but I'm afraid I'm not going to say what it what it is because I don't want you guys. To Listen, know. that's I have the first time I admitted it. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's a hush. I won't tell anyone. Yeah, I get it though. I totally understand the feeling. And then there's something in my second book too where I it's fine, but I wish I could change it. You know? What yeah, I mean? yeah. Like, no, yeah. that's fine. It's fine. It's totally fine. But <laughs> I, I wish I could just like tweak it just a touch. But you know. Oh my- it's a time yep. capsule. It's where it's we were. It's a time capsule. That's a good. Is. That's a good way to think of it. You're so positive. And it's, <laughs> it's still delicious. It's still delicious. It's just like we grow and we learn as chefs, and we yes. we, we kind of see things differently as we evolve, and that's yes. what it's supposed to be. So that's so true. <laughs> well, my goodness, we are on sweets and drinks actually now. So you mentioned that pound cake. We have a beautiful oh, yeah. spread here in the front when we open this chapter up with the Georgia pecan pie and mm-hmm. Nana's sweet potato pie. What makes a Georgia pecan pie? Well, you know, just because make sure, you, I mean, most of the pecans are anyway, they're grown in Georgia anyway. So it's it's probably by default, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. But Georgia born know. and raised. Georgia born and raised. That's right. That's but I don't know. I, I just liked how it sounded in the title. My, my, my publisher was like, your titles are like too boring. You got to give them like something, something else. Oh, well, listen, <laughs> you're like, not okay. alone. They always say that. And, and, and yeah. when you're like trying really hard to, and they're like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, that's the third thing I, time I've named right? that one. I don't know what more I can give you. Right. Oh my gosh. That was so <laughs> me too. I, uh, and especially well, I, cause I'm writing for, I'm like used to writing for um, like the blog on you right. know, SEO YouTube. So you got to be very clear about what it is. You can't like say, some whatever beginning to it, some nonsense. And then the people searching are going to just look over your search term because they're like, this says blah, 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 before it gets to what this recipe is actually about. Right. right. <laughs> well, then you can be as specific as you need to be. Yes. <laughs> well, this chapter is filled to the gills with goodies like cardamom apple pie, date rice pudding, ginger kissed peach cobbler, and cream cheese pound cake. There we are with mm-hmm. the pound cake. For someone who just mm-hmm. gets the book, what is a sweet treat you might tell them to make first? The... Mm-hmm. 
oh, okay. Just, just first, just like make it like really quickly. Like while you're reading the book, you can be eating it is the tahini cookies, the sweet potato tahini cookies. They're just like the best cookie ever. Like Sounds delicious. Like they, they're insane. I have no idea how I came up with the recipe. It's been so long, but it is like one of my greatest achievements in life. So, <laughs> tahini <laughs> has become an ingredient that I have come to love very much over the years. At mm. first I was mm-hmm. like, ah, but I've gotten much, much really much oh. over the years. Yeah, I'm obsessed. I just bought. Um, we we go to this. Uh, one of the things I'm going to miss most when we leave LA is this this Israeli Moroccan restaurant called Hasiba, and it is oh. I can't, there are no words, but they have tahini there. They, they sell a pint of tahini. Let me tell you, I told you I'm frugal, right? But they sell a pint of tahini. It's $12. But some things I will splurge. I was going to say some things I will splurge. That's more, that's double, right? Regular (laughs) tahini, but it is, it is worth, if I say it's worth $12? I bet. Oh my God. Delicious it tahini. Is delicious tahini. Have you ever had oh, yes. the tahini milkshake at Goldie's in Philadelphia? Oh no, I have not. Oh, it's so, it's so filling, so Oof. satisfying and just so, so good. I suggest sharing. Wow. Oh, I, next time I'm in Philly, there's a, there's actually a restaurant down the street from me. Oh. Another one that I, that I still trust. Uh, <laughs> and they have a really, really good tahini milkshake and you're making oh. me want to just run over there after I get off Delicious. the phone. There's you. actually, I just got a uh, hot for food all day. Uh, uh, hot mm. for food's new cookbook, hot for food all day. And she's got a tahini milk and shake. Does she? Yeah. So okay. ooh, we're getting off here. We're having milkshakes. I can already. Oh, yes. We we're are. both like, what, what, what? Uh, <laughs> well, for drinks, there's a tour in your book for drinks. We've got two mm-hmm. lemonade, peach, ginger, green tea, and a spicy watermelon margarita for those of you that want mm-hmm. a bit of an adult twist. Uh, mm-hmm. Is there a drink that has been the most popular from here when entertaining guests? Um, I like the sangria. I always make that in the summertime, the late summer sangria. Love, love, love it. And then the mint julep as well, because you're making your own blackberry simple syrup for that one. Nice. Very good. What's the, what, what, anything, uh, a secret ingredient in your sangria in this book, something that make gives it that special twist. I mean, it kind of just, I guess it depends. I mean, I put bourbon in it. There we go. Um, All right. Yeah. Cause sometimes they just put wine. Right. So I, I like it and I'm not a, I'm not like a, um, like a liquor person, but sure. for sangria and special. Oh yeah. I mean, bourbon cause it's from the South, mm-hmm. but yes, I guess that's my, that might be my twist. Not just a twist, but a little kick, a little kick, a little kick. as well. Yes. That's right. That's how you're frugal. So, you know, I don't really drink out much. Right. right. Cause it's so <laughs> expensive. Oh my yeah. goodness. Exactly. I'm like, I don't know what these people, I don't know what other people do, but this is what I do. And it's, you know, I don't know what they do at the restaurant. <laughs> right. Oh, well, yeah. Chapter six brings it, brings it home with staples and sauces with $12 tahini. That is, uh, what were the most <laughs> important sauces for you to have in this book? The, oh, the very, the very, very, very last recipe is the, um, pecan muhammara. And that is a, it's this amazing, I think it's originally from Morocco, um, red pepper sauce. So it's not a regular soul food, like American thing, but the pecans in there are how I tie it into like, you know, my, my, my Southern culture yes. and that's, it's good on everything, everything. 
I love everything. that. I, I love the way you give variations on stuff like that, though. And I, mm. I, I personally can't wait to try the Georgia peach vinaigrette and the yes. peach tomato salsa, honey. Love yes. Georgia peach goodness here. So good. It all looks delicious. right. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. I see there's a lot of there in this in this. There's how many? There's like 10 recipes total, right? There are nine recipes total in this little chapter. And then one, two, three, four of them are include peaches. So yes. there's a theme here. I love that. Sweet <laughs> potatoes favorite. and peaches. Sweet potatoes That's and peaches. That's right. The way to go. <laughs> well, that brings us to the book brag section of this. Book brag. Is there something, a little book brag, something you're most proud about when it comes to this book? I'm really proud. I've never read my reviews. I'm not, I don't do that, but I am very proud of the overall like rating. I think it's like, like I have, I had like a clean five stars for forever. Um, now my book has like this last year, the book became like really like way more popular because of BLM. Um, so I think my rating, I'm just going to pull it up really quick. Now my rating is 4.7 and it's 2,500 reviews. Nice. Um, so, but it was like, it was like 4.9 in like, you know, right. it's still like over a thousand reviews. So, so I'm so proud of that. I've never read them, like I said, but I'm so proud of that. Because especially because like I said, like I was just so afraid, like I got something wrong. Sure, sure. <laughs> it's definitely something to be proud of for sure. Yeah. That's a very good one. Well, it takes us into our Baker's Dozen rapid fire question. Are you ready for your questions? I'm ready. All right. So number one, what's your favorite type of sweet potato? Uh, ooh, jewel. Nice. No, no. Japanese. Japanese. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, poor jewel got pushed aside. I know. Garnet, jewel. No, Japanese. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right. Japanese, uh, favorite NYC vegan restaurant. Uh, peace food. Yes. No. And beyond sushi. Oh, Beyond Sushi. So I miss Beyond Sushi. Oh, me too. Uh, did, did you ever get, get to go to, I don't know if it was open when you were there, the restaurant location that's down on like 30. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. It wasn't when I was there, but you know, I was until COVID. I, I was, I came a few Going times. Back, I, came yes, with my, yes, I think yes. I came with my daughter like twice. It but, ended up being like the place that I would just like tell everyone to meet me at. Cause it was. Yes. Well, you know what? I'm going to reach out to them. I've reached out to them since moving here to LA to, to try to get them to open up out here. Yes. But now since I'm also moving to, to uh, Georgia, I'm going to reach back out to them and like seriously nudge them. Like I'm, I think I might even ask them like if they need like investor help or like, I think I'm, I think I'm like for real going to like, I, 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 will, I will, I will support you in this. <laughs> I know that it would do well here in Georgia. It would right. Really, really. And we well. need them. So they we would do well them. to win, win for everybody. I do love the restaurant situation, but even if they just want to mm-hmm. open the sushi yep. part of it, like a, just, yep. let's get on with the like, sushi for sure. Right. They could just do that in like Pont city market. Mm-hmm. Which oh my gosh. Would it be would perfect. Be, oh, it would explode there. It would be amazing. Right. Oh, okay, goodness. we'll work on them. We're going to work on it. I'm with you. Let me know what you need. I'm here for you. Yeah. I support you. Yes. Uh, question number three, favorite activity with your child? Mm, spending time outside. Yeah. Whatever, little, beach. Little nature park, time. Yes. Nature time. I'm an outdoorsy <laughs> type. So. Favorite, <laughs> favorite spice to cook with? Smoked paprika. Mm-hmm. Most used kitchen tool? My knife. Mm-hmm. Favorite LA vegan restaurant? 
Mm, Asla. Nice. Celebrity you would want to cook for? Beyonce. Yes. <laughs> Pancakes or waffles? Ooh, waffles. <laughs> That's I, a hard I could, one. I could hear in your voice, you're like, I'm not deceiving you, pancakes, but I'm going to say waffles. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Favorite holiday to cook for? Thanksgiving. There you go. Uh, TV show you've binged recently? Mm, Lupin. Fit, what's the name of it? Lupin. Where do I watch this? Netflix. Netflix. All right. Netflix. Lupin. Hey. I think you pronounce it Lupin. It's All French. Right. What's your favorite green to eat? Collard greens. Collard greens. Must do activity as part of your morning routine. Mm, coffee. Coffee. <laughs> Got to get the coffee. coffee. And favorite quick meal when pressed for time. Avocado toast. Very good. All right. Well, tell people where they can find you, my dear. You can find me at my blog, which is sweetpotatosoul.com or on YouTube or on Instagram uh, or Pinterest or anywhere because everywhere I'm Sweet Potato Soul. So just search that. The, The book is also called Sweet Potato Soul. It's very easy to find me. Yes, sweet potato soul across the board. I love that. So good. And very good on your rapid fire there. Good stuff. Thanks. Uh, Everyone go get a copy of Sweet Potato Soul, 100 Easy Vegan Recipes for the Southern Flavors of Smoke, Sugar, Spice, and Soul right now, everywhere books are sold. Uh, Janae, you're a true delight. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat today. Absolutely. We'll see you in Georgia. Yes. She has such a welcoming and chill personality. It's it's one of the reasons uh, her YouTube channel is just so great. And she just really has helped so many people navigate a vegan lifestyle. What a treat to have her on. I love her. And this cute little picture on the back. Oh, I, I mean, love it. Just so cute. Her little eyes up to the side. Yeah, she's gorgeous. Um, she's stunned. Stun, stun, stun. stun. Uh, we stan. Um, but yeah, I love that kind of Southern from kind of a, a specific point of point of view you know like absolutely kind of really digs into some of that stuff yeah and she talks about the difference between soul and southern food in there which i loved sort of making that uh a distinction yeah yes there's distinction in her dishes yeah a dish distinction a dish a, a distinct dish indeed well, uh, speaking of distinct dish how about <sighs> destin's dish for oh, this week what well, do we listen, got listen mm-hmm. we were chatting about sweet potatoes Ooh. obviously sweet potato soul and i think i've talked about this tip a little but it's one of my fave things so we're officially making it a dustin's dish tip in here uh totally relevant since y'all are going to buy this book and have potato peels that you need to put to use uh don't toss out your potato peels you don't can do it use them listen toss your potato peels in a couple teaspoons of olive oil and sprinkle a little bit of salt on there then bake at 425 for about 15 20 minutes until just slightly starting to turn brown and crispy and you have some tasty potato crisp it's like a potato chip only fresh and warm and you want to serve them right away and they're super delicious and you're gonna kick yourself for not figuring out this uh little trick with your potato scraps earlier on in life uh but i suppose it's a cross between a potato chip and a french fry it's delicious i like both of those things as do i that is a great that is a great dish but speaking of great things to do Mm -hmm. with salt and oil Mm -hmm. um please rate review and subscribe to this podcast uh, with or without oil um it is uh very important as we kind of continue on this uh podcast journey so please rate review subscribe wherever you listen yes please and thank you so much for being here we'll be back next week and until then keep on cooking and remember 
It's nice to be nice. This has been a Muzzy Cat production.